Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Online Program, which teaches you how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Dr. Lisa Funnel. She's a professor, author, and podcaster. Lisa, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. So we have these little pre-podcast conversations sometimes, and sometimes I meet people that get me all excited in a good way because, as I said to you, you have a topic that's very relevant. You are very passionate about it, but beyond the passion, you can actually express that passion, and that's so rare in the world we live in. And so, Lisa, thank you so much for being awesome, amazing, and diving into the topic that you're going to talk about. Well, thank you. You make me feel so good. We've only just started talking. <laughs> well, 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 so this is the f- interesting thing. So this podcast is called the Gifters Podcast. And I really believe that your story, Lisa, is gift to the world. And my whole branding in the corporate world, whether I'm a story-based leader, I teach leaders how to use the story to inspire their team, or in the online personal development world, I teach my clients how to use the story to make a living. But your topic of of, of question and of, of expertise is about gender uh, and film. But when you say that I'm positive, it's because born and raised in New York as an American, my parents are immigrants from China, so they're Chinese from Hong Kong. And again, most people culturally, and this is not stereotypical, it's like, they're for, it's like the tiger mom, right? So I was never encouraged as a kid. Mm-hmm. So that's why I know how powerful it can be when you're being encouraged. This is why I'm genuinely and enthusiastically, enthusiastically encourage people because I didn't really have it. That's not, not to say that my mom and dad didn't love me. It's just that I wish they loved me in a different way. And so for you, talk to us about the cover design on the LinkedIn profile because you have a book called Warrior Women. Please talk about that book because it relates to what I just said about the Asian culture. Yeah, so my book, Warrior Women, is actually an award-winning book. It won the Emily Toth Award for Best uh, Book in Women's Studies from the Popular Cultural Association and American Cultural Association. It's an adaptation of my PhD dissertation, and it's basically a telling of the history of Hong Kong and Hong Kong cinema told through action women, told through women on screen. And if you were to look up any sort of history of Hong Kong cinema, it's really a story about men and men's accomplishments. And so I really wanted to um, write a history about women working in, in that cinema. And it was inspired by Michelle Yeoh. I, I study James Bond as well. People know me more for my work on James Bond, but I saw her perform in Tomorrow Never Dies. And I thought, she's an amazing woman how come we don't have this type of representation on screen? How come we don't see Asian women on screen enough? And so that just led me to go and and do my research. And I looked at Asian women in Hong Kong, in mainland Chinese films, as well as looking at Hollywood's representation and really seeing sort of the change in the development and tracing different sort of politics that were happening. So what happened when the joint declaration was was put forward? What happened with, with Hong Kong cinema? And of course, when the 1990s handover happened, what happened with Hong Kong cinema, and how can the cinema of Hong Kong tell us a story and influence our social consciousness about some of the political elements that are happening at the time? There's so much Lisa, to unpack on that, just <laughs> from a historical perspective for the listeners that don't know, because we have listeners literally from 92 countries. So my parents are actually from Hong Kong, so I know that quite well. But when you said 1997, essentially the, the British, there was this thing called the Opium War, and they pretty much said, hey, China, we're going to give you 
opium. So you, your whole entire population would be heroin addicts. And by the way, you can sell us some stuff and you would open up your port. So they literally annexed Hong Kong and they pretty much had this treaty, which was only very unfair for 150 years. And so 1997 was when the China government got to get back Hong Kong, which was a big shame. So that's a little brief history lesson. We can't get that much into detail, but what I'm curious about is, again, people don't know what ethnicity you are, Lisa, but since you're not ethnically Asian, why did you not choose to focus on a um, Jennifer Gardner or a Angelina Jolie? Because frankly, they should be more badass women like them, you know? Absolutely. And I think that I'm a huge advocate for having women on screen and, and, and I study the action film. So I love having women on screen. Um, and I do teach a course on female heroism in Hollywood and I pick the most popular films and we trace the development. And one thing that we talk about week after week is the fact that we're just talking about white women and typically the way that Hollywood conceptualizes or views diversity is basically a black man or a white woman and their identity is just all about them being different from the status quo. And I'm excited in many ways because I do see a lot of white women in more films now and I think wow look at Wonder Woman what it must be like you know growing up with Wonder Woman now as as a superhero or Ray from Star Wars what it must be like uh, as a little girl watching it and I'm very cognizant of the fact that white girls certainly have these types of role models but what about girls from different races and ethnicities who do they have to look to and so for me uh, as something that we talked about before recording i'm a big fan of intersectional diversity i really want to see women of different races and ethnicities be represented and not be presented in stereotypical ways and i think there's a thing called symbolic annihilation and that means that you're not even important enough to be represented so i want representation but i want to move beyond stereotypes these limited fixated forms of representation that are based on generalizations they're not giving us a human treatment of, of these characters they're just giving us these stereotypes or these facades and so for me i'm a huge advocate for having different women being presented on screen. And so if I can lend my voice in any way, whether it's through my research, through my podcasting, in the classroom, I'm always talking about the fact that we need better representation. And I think that our film should reflect the culture that it's supposed to represent. And if you look at the United States, the United States has, you know, we are different shapes, we are different colors, you know, we have different backgrounds. We come from rural areas, we come from urban areas. There's so much diversity in the United States. I love the concept of the United States. So much difference in one spot, but I think that all that difference should be represented on screen. And I think it's really important if you are in a position of privilege as a white person and as a white woman, I want to utilize my, my platform to amplify the voices and experiences of others. I want to educate my students who will become creators in, in the media field or who will go into different industries uh, and be able to make change from the inside. I want to encourage them to be able to take those steps and make those decisions so that we just have a more equitable uh, world. And it's something that is represented culturally, but it's also something that's there institutionally as well. Girl, I want to be your best friend. <laughs> no, so, well, so, yeah, again, I, I was born and raised in New York, so I'm a proud American. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about culture and, and race, again, it's very personal to me because I'm only laughing because you literally like, speak the truth, my friend. But, but because 
there's 330 million Americans, there's 40 million African Americans, 50 million Hispanic Americans, but there's 20 million Asian Americans. And so Lisa, there's times when, especially in politics, they don't even reference Asian Americans. I literally had, my father had an AARP article one time, and it talked about Latino Americans, it talked about Black Americans, and they literally didn't even mention Asian Americans. So I literally emailed, because that's all I can find. I think I called them up, the AARP, and said, hey, by the way, there's 20 million Asian Americans. And then all I got was like a spam email from them. But my point is, so many times, Asian Americans specifically are not even considered in the conversation because Black Americans, big respect for them. Latin Americans, big respect for them. But Latin Americans, there's so many that can just, they're white. I mean, like Jessica Alba or Chris, but with Asian Americans, it's just a very different uh, challenge. But I, again, appreciate you for sharing that and your deep passion. So we only have a few more minutes left, but this show is all about empowering, whether you're a woman, whether you're a man, I don't care what you are. I care that you're inspired to pursue your dreams in life. So given that you have studied superheroes or you've studied film, what is one quality that you see in these women that really inspires you that we can all be inspired each day to live, to work toward and to be like from the qualities that you've learned as a, as a, as a, as a, as a woman and as these women that you have studied? What's one quality that you see in them that you wish everyone had and has and can have? I feel like I have a two-part answer to this. <laughs> Go for it, Lisa. Um, like there's a quality that I see, but there's also a quality that I want to see. So the quality that I see is determination and perseverance. You know, these women are fighting against obstacles, whether it's an obstacle associated with their gender, with their race, with their sexual orientation. We have these intersectional identities and you can be uh, disadvantaged in, in many different ways. But there are different obstacles and barriers placed in the way. And in order to move forward, whether it's as an actor, as a filmmaker, if you're working in any profession that you're passionate about, there's gonna be a heck of a lot of no's that are gonna come your way, but you have to hang on until you get to that yes. And so that takes a lot of personal strength and determination, um, not necessarily caring what other people think, not allowing social judgments to limit you, but really pushing on and pushing forward and believing in yourself. So these women have self-belief. And I think that is something that is important. They're, they're connecting to a higher cause and pushing for it. And I think that that is when your work in a general sense becomes a passion project. And so then it's not work. It is more of, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, my work is so passion driven that it's just something that just- I don't, I don't really hear the passion, Lisa. No, <laughs> <laughs> you should see me with my hands <laughs> moving. Um, but in terms of like a quality that I really think people need, I think we need empathy. And I'm not necessarily sure that's conveyed in our media. I don't, I don't think it's conveyed that much in our media. But empathy is the ability to sit in, 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 the, in the lives of somebody else, to see the world through their perspective, and to experience and feel what they are feeling. And I don't think we have enough empathy, especially in our digital culture. I think it's easy to write, write comments uh, and put them on message, message boards for people that we might never meet. We don't see their reaction or sometimes even the pain in their eyes. That's why cyberbullying, it happens so often is because you don't have that immediate reaction. And I think we need to cultivate empathy in our children. I think we need to cultivate it in our adults. I get stu students in their 20s and I'm teaching them empathy and I'm teaching them about social justice because I think that is the key to our society. If we just stopped living in our echo chambers, we started looking at each other and listening to, to each other. To listen is to hear with intention, right? To give that type of respect to somebody. Um, we all just want to be heard and seen and, 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 and understood. 
That is what we need to give each other. And I think our society and our culture will be in a far better place if we started to just cultivate more empathy in our everyday actions. Lisa, thank you so much for being on our show today and really sharing. It's almost like an anthem or a credo or a manifesto in a, in a great way, in the greatest way, frankly. How can our listeners connect with you, learn from you, and read your books? So if you want to connect with me on social media and you look up Dr. Lisa Funnel, two N's and two L's in Funnel, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under those uh, elements. Um, I think my website's called lisafunnel.com. And then in terms of my books, if you just uh, look them up on Amazon, I'm sure you'll be able to find them all. I have an author's page and I think it, it goes out to different countries. So you can look up my books there. Lisa, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Gifters Podcast. If you want to learn how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com to learn more.